0: Hey Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stanhouse and this is the Inside Property Investing Podcast. Now, today's episode is very important for no other reason really than we place significance on random days in the year and this happens to be the closest Monday to one of them. Anyway, per sarcastic humor aside, I hope you've all had a phenomenal festive period with friends and family and are feeling relaxed and ready for the new year and the new decade ahead. It's usually a reflective time of year where we look back on what we've achieved in the past 12 months and start thinking about what we want to achieve next year. So in this episode, I thought it'd be fun to share some fairly personal details about our new goals and property plans for the next couple of years. I'm going to break down the process that Victoria and I have been through recently to create a new vision for our future, understand the financial targets we need to hit to make that vision a reality and then break it down further to put a roadmap that tells us what we need to be doing in terms of the type and number of projects to get there. Now I'm sharing this for two reasons. The first is that it's a genuine reflection of the process we go through pretty regularly to reassess our goals and make sure we're still working towards a vision that inspires us. It's something we get asked about a lot in terms of how we set goals and what our future plans are. So I thought it'd be fun to go into the detail of our latest goal setting session and tell you what we want to achieve and how we arrived at those plans to get there. The second reason is that we wanted to take it a step further this time and work with you to create your own vision, your own goals and your own roadmap for the next three to five years. January seemed like the perfect time to do this and especially this year as it's the start of a new decade. So we decided to run a free five day challenge this month where every day we share one simple but effective assignment that combined will create a meaningful roadmap for your own investing journey. If you want to join us for free, then the easiest way to register is to go to insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash five day challenge and we'll send you all the details or alternatively, just go to the homepage of our website, scroll about halfway down and you'll see the registration box there as well. That's it for the intro today and we don't have a sponsor. So here's a little musical interlude before we jump into the episode. Running through today is an overview of our own personal goals for the next three to five years. This year has been a huge milestone for us though so before we look at what's ahead it's always nice to reflect on what we've achieved as well. Around about two years ago Victoria and I were trying to figure out what was next for us. We'd been able to escape the corporate world and not go bankrupt which felt like a huge success. Our business was doing well enough although we knew that we wanted to keep pushing it and growing it. We had a house that we loved, albeit we knew that it wasn't our dream home, and we both agreed that we weren't ready to have a family just yet, at least not beyond our two furry little friends. What we did want to do was start focusing more on building the business rather than working in it. You know, the old emyth philosophy that so many of us read and relate to, but in our case, at least, we quickly forget about it when there's a fire to fight. And we'd always had a desire to travel, originally thinking that would be an expat assignment with the day job, and more recently moving on to a period living abroad, or possibly just taking longer, more immersive holidays. The difficulty with that part was that we didn't really know where we wanted to go, and we definitely didn't want to leave our dogs behind. Anyway, long story short, we'd been sailing a lot with Victoria's dad around the North Wales coast for the past few years, although she'd been doing it most of her life, We were wrapping up in as many layers as possible most of the time to keep warm and dry and cursing the occasional day the weather was actually nice because typically it was going to be a Tuesday or some other midweek day and would be stuck in the office or on site. So we decided to get qualified, but we wanted to take the opportunity to do it in a warmer climate since we'd be living aboard for about a week during the qualification process and wanted to make it an enjoyable experience and a holiday as well as getting that education. And literally just like that, our eyes were opened to this whole new world. That week sailing around Gibraltar was a totally different experience to sailing in the UK and as we started to realise that the Med and most of the oceans around the world were actually full of people living on boats full time, that very quickly became our way to live abroad without having to pick a single location and to be able to take the dogs with us. It also hit on our other goal of spending more time on building the business rather than working in it, as there was no way we could move abroad without seriously upgrading our systems and our team so that they could look after the day-to-day stuff whilst we were out of contact. Fast forward then to spring 2019, and that goal became a reality as we sold up our house in the UK, We moved most of our stuff into storage and we drove down to Europe to move aboard our boat where we've been living ever since and intend to do so for at least a couple more years. The point of that story is really to share the value of goal setting with you. We had a really clear vision of the life that we wanted to live. We broke it down into meaningful goals with specific deadlines in place and then we worked backwards to build an action plan of what we needed to achieve in our business to get us there. One important thing I want to make clear at this point is that goals aren't always financial. And in fact, in most cases, they really shouldn't be. Your goals need to be something that you're really passionate about, something meaningful to you that will help you get started. It'll help you put in the effort and keep going until you get there. And whilst most goals will have a financial element to them, Just having a number that isn't tied to anything more specific will rarely be enough to motivate you to put in the extra effort, give up your evenings and weekends, miss time with friends and family or cut back on holidays and all the other short-term sacrifices that you're likely going to need to make to make a significant change to your life. With that in mind though, let's take a look at our new goals. Now we update our short-term goals and our strategy fairly regularly but our big overriding vision is usually set for around three to five years. The boat was pretty short-term at two years but that was driven by manufacturing lead times from the factory and we ran the numbers and figured that we could just about make it work. Three to five years though is a good time period as it's long enough a runway that you can achieve something that's going to have a serious impact on your life but it's also short enough to keep you excited about the change that you're working towards any longer than that time period and I find it's too far away for most people to keep them motivated and for you to stay excited about it so our new five-year goal is to get to the stage with our business where we can afford a two million pound house or a two million pound boat At the moment, we're not entirely sure if we're going to do this sailing thing long term or exactly how long we will do it for. But if we do decide to keep going for the foreseeable future, then the next boat that we have our sights set on is in that price range. Specifically, if you're interested, it's a Sunreef 60 foot sailing catamaran, which is about 50% bigger than our current boat and it's a big step up in quality as well. It's pretty much as big as we can go whilst still being able to sail the world without needing any additional crew, so being able to sail it single-handedly. And it'd definitely be big enough to start a family on, which is probably still a few years off, but could very well happen on the water if we continue with this life. If we fall out of love with this life for whatever reason, then we'll still need somewhere to live when we move back on land, and conveniently the size of house that we'd want as our dream home in the location that we're looking at is a similar price point to the boat. In fact, we found our exact dream home just before we left the UK, which was the worst possible timing. And whilst the stars would really need to align for it to be available again when we're looking and for us to be in a position to afford it, when I think about our future, that specific house is always the one that I picture us in. Now, like I said before, a purely financial goal doesn't really do much to inspire or motivate you to take the necessary action. But once we have our overall vision, we'll usually be able to break down at least part of what's needed to achieve that into a financial figure. So putting our own goal aside for a second, you might be listening to this thinking, okay, three to five years from now, Maybe I want to be able to leave my day job so that I can be a more present parent or follow my passion to be a professional kite surfer without worrying about money. Or I want to be able to take early retirement without sacrificing our current quality of life. If you're happy in your job or you already work for yourself, it might be a case that your goal is just to finally start the property portfolio that you've been thinking or talking about for years by buying that first investment. Now that might be a shorter term goal of maybe 1 or 2 years rather than 3 to 5. Maybe it's something more altruistic and there's a charity or a cause that you want to be free to support more either financially or with your time. Or maybe you just see yourself spending half the year working and half the year travelling and relaxing around the world. Whatever it is for you, there are very few goals that can't be broken down into requiring a specific income level but it's always worth thinking more high level to start with and creating that inspiring vision before we look at the numbers. So getting back to our goal of either raising a family on a luxury boat whilst we sail around the world or pulling up fresh vegetables from the garden of our Victorian mansion back in Greater Manchester, that's obviously going to require a certain income level. We'll need cash Of around half a million pounds for either option that's cash in the bank on hand, whether that's a deposit for the boat or a deposit and renovation budget for the house. We'll also need an income to support the finance against either option. Boat finance is the more expensive of the two, but to keep things simple with round numbers for this illustration, we'd probably need to be showing a minimum pre tax monthly income of around £30,000. Now I don't want to be presumptuous here maybe that's a small sum of money for some of you but I imagine to most of you listening that probably sounds like a huge amount and believe me it sounds that way to me as well. If I was starting out from scratch with my investment income I wouldn't be setting a goal anywhere near that size for three to five years from now. I'm sure some people have been able to achieve more than that in less time but personally I think it's a big stretch. I'd be more conservative and focus my early years on expanding my knowledge as much as I was expanding my income. But if you've been at this for a while now and you've already got a good portfolio established, maybe let's say that's generating you £10,000 a month already, then taking it up to this level is definitely more achievable. You may be raising barriers in your mind as you listen to this, but if I said to you that you had an unlimited pipeline of deals lined up and you just needed to deliver on them, you just needed to execute the renovation process and the legals and planning, or maybe you had unlimited investor finance and you just needed to find the deals, then you'd probably start to accept that it's possible. And if that's the case, then all we need to do to make it possible in our own lives is remove those barriers, whatever they might be, whether that's finding investors, finding the deals or whatever other barriers we think exist. So step one of our blueprint is to create the vision. And step two is to understand the underlying financial requirements that you need to live out or to achieve that vision. The third step is to break it down to the next level of detail and create a roadmap, which is a more detailed plan of what we need to do and by when in order to hit those financial requirements. This will depend on the strategy or the type of property that you're investing in, and if you haven't decided on that part of your plan, then now is a good time to spend some more time assessing what your options are and making some decisions around this. You also need to assess your current income and whether any of that will still exist and can therefore be factored into your total figure. If you're in a day job that you want to quit, then you'll need to generate everything from property or other new ventures, whereas if you've got an existing portfolio or you plan on staying in employment, then you've got a bit of a head start with that income as a baseline. In our case for instance, let's say we want to increase our monthly income by £15,000 over the next 5 years. That only requires us to increase our monthly income by £3,000 every year and we'll hit our goal. Now that £3,000 per month target sounds a lot more achievable than looking at that original figure of needing an income of £30,000 per month. We have a few non-investment income streams like the podcast sponsorship and our in-house property management. As our portfolio grows, the profitability of that property management business will grow as well. And if you plan on having other income streams, then definitely keep these in mind. But again, to keep things simple for the purposes of this episode, we're looking to generate the bulk of our additional income by increasing our own investment income. In the area that we invest, we know that a basic single let is going to generate us around about £250 profit per month. A service department is probably around about £1,000 per month profit, and our favourite commercial to residential HMO projects probably double that, £2,000 per month profit. But in our case, as we do these with our joint venture partners, our own income from these would be around £1,000 per month. So to hit our goal of £15,000 additional monthly profit, We could say that we need 60 single lets or 10 HMOs or a similar number of serviced apartments or any other combination of the three of these. Personally, we want to continue growing the HMO portfolio, but we also want to focus more on creating apartments. Now, HMOs are pretty much 100% responsible for getting us to where we are today. And we see a huge amount of future potential in that market. So we're looking to acquire a few more interesting sites in strategic locations and creating a high-end product. We know this market inside out, we've got investors keen to work with us and our team know how to deliver them without much complication. If we had one large HMO per year with our joint venture partners, then our monthly profit from them will be 5,000 pounds by the end of year five. So with them alone, we're 33% of the way towards our target. The newer part of our plan is to expand our single-let portfolio by creating blocks of apartments rather than buying individual units in other blocks or individual houses. This approach gives us a good discount on market values by buying undervalued property, whether that's large houses or commercial buildings, and adding significant value to them through planning permission and the conversion process. And it gives us more control over the units for the long term by owning the whole block and the freehold instead of just a single unit here and there. Some of these apartments will keep as single lets and some we will run as serviced accommodation, at least in the short term. We're thinking probably 75% single lets to 25% serviced accommodation in a block. There's a specific site that we're looking at at the moment that would convert into eight apartments. So that project, for instance, would give us six single lets and two service apartments. And based on the figures that we work towards, that would be a monthly profit of about £1,500 from the single lets, six times 250, and £2,000 from the service departments, two apartments generating about £1,000 per month each. So a total there from that single block of three and a half thousand pounds monthly profit. We'd need to do three of them over the next five years to make up the remainder of our income target in addition to the large HMO that we're acquiring and adding to the portfolio every year. Again then, when you break it down to this level, it's less than two projects per year. The big difference for us between the HMOs and the apartment blocks is how we plan on funding them. For the past few years, pretty much everything that we have worked on has been on a joint venture basis, meaning one investor funds the whole project, we do all of the work, and we split the profit 50-50. It's a great setup that we will continue with for the HMO portfolio for ease as much as anything, but with the apartments, we want to do these ourselves. We'll still need to raise finance for them, but it will be on a debt basis rather than giving away equity meaning that we'll pay investors interest for the duration of their loan rather than giving them a profit share on an ongoing basis. We made this decision for a few reasons but neither option is right or wrong. Joint ventures have served us really well and meant that we've not struggled to find the money to do deals up until this point. But with a smaller number of projects needed to hit our targets, we can spend a bit more time focused on the fundraising side of things so that it's structured in a better way for us long term. The other thing to keep in mind though is that this is just part of the picture. We've not even touched on how we go about raising the half million pounds in cash that we'll need as a deposit for either the boat or the house. The reality is that we're still not really clear on that part of the plan, but I'm fine with that. Our priority on the development front is to finish the new build project that we're in the middle of and make sure that all of our investors are paid back on that as soon as possible. Once that's off our plate, then we'll start to think about the projects that we'll do on a buy to sell basis. Our team can handle the projects that we plan to hold onto in our portfolio without much input from us, so that's the HMOs and probably the commercial to apartment blocks as well. We can definitely be in touch enough from the boat to keep those projects ticking over and make sure our team have got the information that they need, but we've not done a buy-to-sell project for a while, so that'll need more of our direct involvement, and we just can't commit the time to that until Hillgate is complete and sold. But touch wood... <clears throat> excuse me, obviously I'm uh, choking when I start to make commitments about Hillgate. That should be done and dusted in 2020. And then we can look at other development projects for the remaining four years of our plan. Although I'd put money on new builds being firmly, firmly ruled out by both Victoria and our project manager, Cy for that part of the plan. Delaying this process, delaying this fundraising, the cash, the pot that we need to raise of half a million pounds, delaying the plans for that for a year or so to wrap up what we're currently working on feels like the right thing for us to do. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Our visions, our goals and our plans, they can change and they will absolutely evolve over the course of the next couple of years. So they never need to be 100% accurate or 100% mapped out before you start. The whole process is about reassuring yourself that you're taking steps in the right direction. We might decide that we want to move back on land in two years and so our house plans will need to adapt to that. Or maybe we actually find a suitable dream house that's half the price of what we're aiming for and so we can either bring our timeline forward by a couple of years or maybe we wait it out and get the smaller house and keep our existing boat as well and live split the year between the two of them. The point is, it's impossible to know what's going to happen in the future, so all we can do is make a reasonable plan based on our current situation and our desires, continue to monitor it as we go and adapt it when we need to. So that's all I wanted to share today. It's a little different to our usual episodes, but goal setting in this way has probably been one of the major reasons for our success over the years. It's something that a lot of you ask us about, and at the start of a new year and a new decade, it's probably something that's front of mind for a lot of us as well. Now, none of this is rocket science. You can probably take some ideas from this episode and put them towards your own goal-setting process without any additional input from us. But if you want to take it to the next level, then we've got something really fun coming up in a few weeks, depending on when you listen to this So Victoria and I decided that in the new year, we would run a free five day challenge in a private Facebook group to share five really simple but effective assignments over the course of five days to set you on the right path for 2020 and beyond. We'll look at both the vision and the goal setting side of things and also putting a plan in place to help you achieve it through property investing. I know it's a busy time of year getting back into the swing of things after the Christmas shutdown so we'll make sure that each day the work required is as short as possible and by the end of the week you'll have a fully-fledged roadmap of how to hit your goals over the next couple of years. Like I say, it's going to be totally free to join but you do need to register to get access to that Facebook group. So to find out all of the details and get your name on the list, the best place to go is just to our website at InsidePropertyInvesting.com. Scroll down the homepage and you'll see a box where you can register for it. I'll also put a link on the show notes page on our website and in the episode notes if you're listening to this on your phone and you want to sign up straight away. Hopefully, we will see you in the challenge in a couple of weeks. And if you've got any feedback on this episode, I'd love to hear what your favourite part was on Instagram or on Facebook. If you've gotten here early, then I hope you have an amazing New Year's Eve. And to everyone who's listening, Victoria and I both wish you a hugely prosperous new (laughs) year. Folks, we finally have to admit it, we cannot hide from it any longer. The new decade is just around the corner and we want to jump into it with some big property goals and a clear plan of how we're going to hit them. We're hosting a free five-day challenge starting on the 6th of January to help you set specific achievable goals for your property business for the next 12 months and beyond and put a plan in place to make sure that you reach them. Starting on January 6th, we'll be sharing five simple but effective assignments over the course of five days in our private Facebook group to set you on the right path for 2020. If you want to join us to kick off the new year in the right way and set yourself up for success with your property investing, you can register for the challenge at insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash five day challenge or find the link in the notes for this episode. Enjoy the rest of 2019 and start putting your plans in place now for a prosperous 2020.